In today's episode, we're speaking to Misty Lynch. Misty is a fee-only certified financial planner and a certified life coach offering financial planning, investment management, and coaching services. She was named one of the top 100 financial advisors in the US by Investopedia in 2020. Misty is passionate in her commitment to help her clients handle their finances and and lives with confidence. A fee-only, a fiduciary, and an independent financial advisor, Misty does not receive commission and is legally required by her certifications to provide unbiased and reputable financial advice. Let's speak to Misty and find out how she changed her life by changing her mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Girl Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm so excited. We have Misty Lynch. Welcome, Misty. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Misty, everyone's heard your intro. They know how fabulous you are, but please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. Sure. So, um, well, there's a few things lately. So um, right now I am a certified financial planner in outside of Boston, Massachusetts in the United States. And I am an author of the book, Demystifying Money. And really everything that I do, I also have a podcast called Demystifying Money. Really what I'm trying to do with all of the things that I do is really help people feel better and more confident about their money, whether it's working on the mindset piece of it or actually working on their investments in their financial plan to create a strategy for them with their actual, what they've got going for them as far as their income, expenses, future goals, all of those things. So really just working hard to make people feel better and more capable when it comes to their money. What wonderful, wonderful. We all need help with that. So Misty, how did you, um, let's, let's talk about your journey. How did you start? What did you, you know, how did you end up being a financial planner and also a money, by looks like mindset coach as well? So how did you, you know, how did you end up being here? Talk us through your journey. Yeah. So, you know, I start, it's, it's interesting when I was little, um, my father had his own business and we, we did really, you know, we did well. I think I never really thought about money all that much when I was, you know, little, we did things. They had nice cars. We had a nice house with dogs. I mean, it was just a comfortable life. And then um, all of a sudden around like the 1990s, you know, business changed for my father. We moved to an apartment. We got rid of a lot of things. And money was something that we talked about all the time. Every mm-hmm. single day, it was money, money. And really, it seemed like it just seemed like a new member of our family. <laughs> and so I, um, I guess I got curious about money. Um, we moved to a town where it was a small town. I think it had really good schools, um, but people had a lot of money, but I could tell that like things were a little bit different between where we were at and where some of the people I knew were at. So I was just really curious about like, how does this work for other people? I don't feel like everybody talks about it as much as us or feels this way or deals with that stress. And so when I, you know, I think I was in sixth grade, I was in a stock market competition. We had a little game that we were playing where we picked a stock and I picked Coca-Cola and like, it didn't do well in the the six weeks that we watched it, but I kind of was just like, oh my gosh, like sometimes people give money to other businesses 
and they make money for them. So I like thought that I'd figured it all out. I told my parents and they were like, okay, yes, honey, <laughs> like we know how it works. We're 12, please stop it. But I really got curious about the way that people make money work for them instead of always working really hard. A lot of people in my family work really hard and they're very smart and it doesn't always correlate to financial success. Agreed. Agreed. Very much so. Yeah, it, it really, it's not how, it's not always how hard you work. It's not always how many hours you put in or how, how intelligent you are. It has nothing to do with it. There's a lot of different things that, that kind of get thrown into the mix. So I kind of really just was fascinated by it, wanted to learn about it and really just kind of, kind of started from there. I wanted to get a good job. So I thought I'd be a lawyer because I was like, they make a lot of money. Um, but then it just didn't end up being what I wanted to do. So after I graduated um, from college, I kind of didn't know what I wanted. I had a political science degree and just wasn't really sure what to do. And I um, ended up getting a job in insurance and uh, shifted towards investments pretty soon after that. Um, so yeah, I really noticed how many people feel, you know, uncomfortable around money. They've, whether they have it or they don't, mm. they don't like to, they don't feel like they're doing good or doing well enough at all. Um, and I've saw that across the board. So that's what kind of got me interested in the life coaching side of it, because I realized it was kind of how people felt was mm. much different than what I was seeing on paper and telling them what to do. Like you could tell people the right thing to do. Here's what you need to spend. Here's your budget. And people will still do certain things because we're motivated by how we want to feel. Mm. Yeah. So I really started to combine the two kind of that, that thoughts and feelings part of it. And then the strategic action, because you also can't just put on a vision board that you want a million dollars and you want to retire without taking any of the steps to get it done. So kind of trying to, to bridge the gap between those two modalities to help people really feel like they're on the right track. Awesome. I mean, that sounds great. I think, I think this is very important. I, 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 I talk about this in my book as well, that you have, there are two laws of money. There's the, the man-made laws of money and there are spiritual laws of money. Mm-hmm. And in my book, I speak about the spiritual laws of money, but without dealing with the man-made laws, which is investments, taxes, mm-hmm. you know, normal day-to-day life, ma- money management, so to speak. Yeah. If you, until you, until you get to good grips with it, you have to master it, but to get good grips with it, you're, you're, it doesn't matter how many, uh, you know, how aligned you are w- with money, money may come because of your alignment, but mm-hmm. you wind up losing it. You don't know where it goes. Yeah. And I remember, you know, I'm, you know, that I'm, I'm one of those people who's actually very good at making money, Yes. but, but investments. And so if, I just haven't got the hand, I, I still haven't got the hand, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. And I, I say I'm, I'm, a, I'm a forever student. I'm always studying something, but this is something that I figured that a lot of people do um, have difficulty with. And it doesn't matter how intelligent they are. No. It's, um, you know, they're, uh, most people listening to this podcast would be from corporate backgrounds. So they all, yeah. you know, gone to college and probably post-grad mm-hmm. and so on. Yet, um, keeping hold of money and investments, it's a whole new ball game and it terrifies a lot of people. So talk us through, how did you go about learning it? Because if you've had this, uh, I'm assuming there must have been some kind of financial trauma if your mm-hmm. parents downsized. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden I started talking about money. That's when money became scarce and that's when you, yeah. the conversation started. So how did you, in your mind, overcome that trauma? And how did you actually start learning about investments? Just because you moved in from... Because mm-hmm. the reason I share this is because... Just because someone knows about uh, certain things like accountants, they yes. are so good with other people's money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when it comes to their own money, they're a complete mess. Yes. So how did you fix your own um, you know, relationship with money? 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of work through that. Um, you know, when I first, I, I knew that I, I knew that I was good at making money. I knew that from when I got my first job in high school waiting tables. I knew that if I wanted to go in there and make a certain amount of money each day, I would get the orders right. I would be extra attentive. I would be quick. I would, you know, and I would be able to make money. So I never felt like making money was difficult. Mm -hmm. Kind of like you said, you're good at making money. I think there's a lot of us that really are good at making it. But what I wanted to do was get good at holding onto it. And that yeah. was, that was a struggle for me because of seeing it go the way that it did so dramatically, kind of quickly, the mm -hmm. lifestyle change was rapid. Um, yeah. And so that has happened with a lot of people during the pandemic with job losses, different changes where it's just like, mm. whoa, I couldn't, I didn't prepare for this or I didn't expect this. And so I kind of had to set up some things automatically because I know if money hits my bank account, I will want to spend it. There's part of me that feels like I deserve it. I worked hard. I want to, you know, I want nice things because we kind of that scarcity part where you go without that for a while and you kind of get that feeling sometimes that like, hey, okay, I can justify any of the things that I want right now. And we always have that little part of our brain that wants happiness and right now <laughs> we want it, you know? And so I would do certain things. Like I set up my first 401k, which is an investment account that was through my employer where it just went straight there when I got paid. And I do this now with a lot of different accounts that I have. The, it's automatically going out. So it's not something that I have to make a conscious decision every time I get paid. Okay, what should I do with this today? Because there's going to be something for the kids. There's going to be something going on that's going to seem more important right now than taking care of myself yeah, always, yeah. in the future. Always. So I have to, like, I know for me personally, doing that, automating that is very important because it doesn't really give me the chance to think about it. It's kind of going on and then I deal with what's in front of me. So that's mm. one thing that I did to kind of start to get past that brain that we all have <laughs> that's going to mm. want to look around and say, and for women, a lot of times we do, um, we do take care of ourselves last in some situations where we're thinking about everybody else and what we got to do and, and the money just goes. And that's why I talk to so many people that are like, I do really well. I work hard. I don't know where it's going. Hmm. And so I kind of help people direct it into certain spaces first. And then when they deal with what's left, they can make, you know, they can go spend it how they want to, or they can make a decision of what they want to do and know that the other things are running in the background for paying the bills, making sure that they're fed, making sure that they've got those things covered and investing for the future. Because a lot of times, especially if you're self-employed, there is nothing going on in the background to take care of you or support you. So mm. you kind of got to create that yourself, which is what I saw with my parents and still see with them. They're probably never going to stop working until they have to because they can't. Mm. And so even if you love work, it's important to set something up so you can stop working if you want to in your 70s or your 80s. <laughs> Maybe you still want to and that's great. But if you don't have to, then it's a different story. How do you deal with the idea with especially entrepreneurs? You know, money comes, money goes, and all in all of it. Like I know with me, mm -hmm. uh, I'm great at helping other people and and, yeah. uh, and manifesting money. It just comes mm -hmm. so and so much comes that a lot of the time it goes into investments and other things and quite good investments as well. And they've and they and then they 
like four flat or mm-hmm. yeah, I've had I mean, the last couple of years, I've probably made more money in the last couple of years than I have ever in my life. But mm-hmm. then I've lost more money in the last couple of years than I ever have in, in my life. Mm-hmm. Not um, otherwise, just by, by in, into the wrong investments. So what kind of advice would you give to someone who's, you know, who thinks, well, okay, money's either going into, I'm not, you know, spending, I'm not mm-hmm. spending, I'm being quite frugal with everything mm-hmm. else. The thing is, the only thing I'm investing in is in my business which, to grow, mm-hmm. so marketing, which is a big animal actually for most yeah. businesses. And the other one is investments. But I it seems to be both animals seem to be eating up my, my cash flow and there's yeah. not that hardly anything left in reserves. So what kind of advice would you give to someone like that? Yeah, so I think that that's, that's definitely true. And one of the things I like about working with entrepreneurs is that they understand what happens when you give a business money, right? Like you mentioned paying for your marketing, you, you're paying, you know, your certain things. So even the, the, the people that I work with that are like, oh, I don't understand investments. I don't understand it. It's not my thing. If they're artists or they're creatives or whatever, they do understand business perhaps better than some people that are working a nine to five job because yeah. they actually see what they do with capital. They see mm-hmm. what expenses look like, cash flow, balance sheets. And so they understand that companies that are looking to grow are going to take that money. They're not going to pay out dividends because they're using that money to grow the business. So the eventual hope is that the stock price goes up Mm -hmm. and that's how they will get, you know, compensated back for their investment. Or if they're a big company that's paying strong dividends, they're, they're actually looking to make the shareholders happy. They're, they're not in that growth phase. So they're actually going to be making money and then giving some back to investors. Business owners kind of get that in a Mm. way because they've seen it. They've had to raise capital. They've had to get loans or get money somehow, even if they're not issuing shares of stock. So what I think is, you know, my investments, they're, you know, the portfolios I create for my clients, they're not exactly super fancy, sophisticated. They wouldn't understand. A lot of times we're just spreading it out in different investments that cover different sectors of the market. It's diversified. It's kind of a broad-based approach to it. And the consistency is where they, you know, where they get the most benefit. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. If you looked at the at the stock market in, in the United States in the beginning of May and closed your eyes and opened them at the end of May, you would have thought nothing really happened, mm-hmm. that it was a very boring month. But if you look at the days in between, there are these massive drops in increases and drops in declines. But all of that noise, if you're just consistent for the long term, it really doesn't matter. So I talk to people sometimes that want to invest in certain things that they've heard about or that they're seeing people make, you know, quick, Mm. huge returns on. And I'm more of the kind of slow and steady approach when it comes to that. And then being more mindful with the cash flow day to day, how you're spending your money. Is there enough? Do you need to make more money? Because a lot of times Mm. people just have what they have and they think that that's all they can do. And they don't have that mindset like you, like you could just figure out how to make more. Mm. And sometimes that's the planning problem that we have is that there's just not enough. And we have to figure out a way to you know, bridge that gap rather than just trying to cut, 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 which feels terrible after a while. (laughs) And that gets people really frustrated. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. I mean, I think that's a, that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur. If you're a nine to five, you, your income's capped. But as an entrepreneur, you can create ways, especially have your mindset around money, and you sort your relationship with money. Money comes to you very easily. What I find is, money doesn't like chaos. Money likes order. 
And if you don't have order in your energy field in terms of where the money is going, where it's being directed mm-hmm. to, be it investments, long-term investments, short-term yeah. investments, diversified portfolio, whatever you're doing, if you don't have that covered, money leaves you very, very rapidly. Yeah. And these, uh, and I've, 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 I've uh, you know, I lost money a lot. Like crypto is one of the major ones mm-hmm. I invested heavily yeah. in, and lost a lot of money, like uh, quite a lot of people, including Luna. Mm-hmm. I wanted to predict because I, I really believe in the, on the project Luna. No, no, the, there's no point discussing the good and bad that's about it. Mm-hmm. But that I think this is where you know we need to have uh, the slow and steady approach, which mm-hmm. actually pays more long term compared to for the, the 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 quick wins here and yeah. there. Because I did make a lot of money on Luna. Oh, yeah. I have to say I'm, I invested when it was six dollars, and it went all the way to 116 at one point. Mm-hmm. I didn't withdraw. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then it, it dropped all the way to nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that's one of the things with the way I invest in it. I, I think I don't know why it went from six to 109 or 106. I can't tell you. I couldn't explain it to you. And I'm a financial advisor who's been working for 20 years in this field. And so for that reason, it's not a st- it's not an investment that I make for me or my clients. But the ones, the companies that I've seen that have had that growth, I can explain because there's a lot more information that's published. There's a lot of things about businesses that you can see. Okay, they launched this new product. They did this. And so when I can understand it, then I feel safe investing in it. And so I think that's one of the things that it's hard for people to grasp because they love the excitement. It is exciting. It is exciting. Something new to Mm -hmm. watch it go to be kind of somebody that was in like right up front. And so I understand that. And I think that's okay for a piece of your portfolio. And it's more, it's a little bit of a gamble though, because we're not exactly sure what's going to, you know, if it's going to be a tweet that someone sends or something that's going to send things spiraling. We don't know. My my industry is very regulated. If I tweeted, I would have, you know, the securities exchange knocking on my door. So I have to be very mindful of what I say, but um, there's a lot of other things that are going on there that are a little less regulated, a little newer, which is really exciting. But it's also, you know, Risky. something that I, doesn't really fit the the model that I'm using now. But I, 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 I think the 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 uh, it's the FOMO and the fear of missing out mm-hmm. that a lot of people have. Yes. And I, I think when when I I entered the I entered the space of crypto very late. I, I mean, I've been an avid watching from the sidelines since 2015, 16, mm-hmm. and entered the market in 2021, which is really, really late, and then got swept away with the, with, mm-hmm. the, with all the you know excitement and fury and whatever, have not. Um, but I mean, I still, I still, I think the crypto has, is here to stay and it's good investments long-term on certain, certain projects, but it needs to be a small, yeah. high-risk uh, part of the portfolio, not the entirety right. of it. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I wrote about that in my book, because I agree that I, I think that cryptocurrency and um, I, I and, and blockchain, I agree with the technology. And I do think it's going to be here to stay. But it's like the beginning of the internet, the dot com boost, like, yeah. we didn't know what was going to be the Amazon.com and what was going to be the pets.com. Yeah, same things. One of them is uh, makes nothing. And it was a total game. Like, those investors are not the same place that the people who invested in Amazon were. It was mm. too early to tell for me. And I am slow to the, I am the latest person to the party always <laughs> when it comes to any sort of trend, any sort of thing. I usually just sit and watch for quite a while. Um, 
And I think that's okay. I've just been okay mm. with that. Is that is kind of who I am, and I might not be the first investor in the in the door, um, but I do like what I do, and I'm okay with that. So that has helped me with my mindset, and I'm okay when I when I manage people's money. There is an energy involved. I feel like mm. I am I am so I'm so grateful for it. I think about them all the time. I'm kind of always thinking about ways. So if you're not a person who wants to think about money all the time, find the right person for you who does. And realize that you're not, it's not better to keep it in a box or under your mattress or in a savings account so you can see it pile up, like putting it out there into other businesses and watching it grow. It's all energy. And so I think that that's something that I've kind of embraced when it comes to money is like, because I've seen people that have just saved and saved and saved because they're afraid to let it go. Yeah. They don't spend it, but they're afraid to like even let it go because they're afraid that it's never going to come back. And so I try to, you know, I try to think about it coming back and going into other businesses and coming back around to you and that there's no shortage of it. There's no limited supply that we have to worry about dividing up. And uh, and so that's kind of helped me when it comes to watching the ups and downs, just to know that this is all part of it. And it doesn't it can make my clients very nervous. So that's why they let me look at it. And I do that. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it is really interesting to see how how we all kind of respond to it. Hmm. Very much so, very much so. How do you, um, you know, coming back to your own story, how did you get a plan in motion? And, uh, you know, and and you said you, you, know, you trained up to become a, a, yeah. a life coach too. So if I, I, can, I can see the, you know, why that would be beneficial, but what made you think, okay, I'm, I understand the, the, the logical part of managing money. Why do you want to think about the mindset part? What made you go into that section? Yeah. And this is something that really only made sense in my head when I told other people about it. They're like, I don't understand why you're doing this. But um, when it came down to it, I knew the technical side of of money. Um, I read all the books that I could possibly read, probably from 16 on anything that had rich in the title, anything that had money in the title. I was reading it to figure out like more, how do people figure this out? And then I was, you know, classically trained. I took, you know, the exams I needed to take. I studied, I got the jobs and the, you know, the training. But then I realized that it's kind of like, it's kind of like the food industry or the diet industry. A lot of people know exactly what they're supposed to do and they don't do it. Yeah. Like they could have a salad in front of them and a donut and they're going to choose a donut because they want to. (laughs) And so I was thinking about the way I listen to other financial advisors talk. And even in the seat, like, certified financial planners. I think only 14% of them are women. And so I was definitely listening to a lot of men telling me, you need to talk about returns. You need to talk about portfolio. You need to make sure that these clients kind of know that you're the expert, you're the boss and things like that. And to me, it didn't work. I mean, I, I wasn't getting clients that way. I wasn't trying to confuse people or dazzle them with how smart I, I, I wanted to know what, why they were here in front of me, because usually it's because they want to feel different. And so I thought if I could figure out how people think and feel and how how that motivates their behavior, it would be better than talking to them about how great my performance was. Mm. Because I think people would be like, that's wonderful, but I'm not going to move forward with you. Or what does that even mean for me? Why do I even care? Unless you're kind of promising them, you know, that you're going to be able to solve all their problems. I feel like my clients need to, they need to be in charge. They need to know that they're capable of figuring it out for themselves. There's nothing that I'm doing that they couldn't do themselves. 
kind of like if you hire somebody to clean your office or to do your grocery shopping for you. It's not that you can't do it. It's just that you'd rather spend your time doing other things that you either enjoy more or better at, or you want to give it to somebody else who does, who does this for a living all the time. I don't want them to feel like they're helpless without me. They're not, but this is the thing that I'm focusing on every single day. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of building that relationship and knowing that, you know, it's not over their heads. I want them to understand everything I'm doing, what they're invested in. If they tell me that they spend, they feel bad, they spent a lot of money at Target. I want to explain to them that they own shares of Target in this fund. <laughs> like, so they can understand business and they could get it. And so mm-hmm. I, I think it's just a little bit of a different approach. And that's where the life coaching, because I was doing a lot of mindset work on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was a there was years where I thought no one's going to want to give their money to a woman. No one's going to want to hand over their money to somebody who doesn't come from money. Hmm. Um, no one's going to want to hand their money over to me, period, because for a long time I was too young. And now, like, you know, when I started out in my 20s, I wasn't getting a lot of clients, but it wasn't because nobody wanted to work with me. It was because I wasn't ready. I yeah. wasn't thinking right. I was convinced that other people could do it better and that if somebody gave me their money, like that they were that I didn't know if I was the right person for it. And so doing the work on that to know, like, I can help anybody, of course, I'm the right person, led me to think that more people need to feel differently in their own heads before they Mm. can even make a good decision about what to do with their money, even if it means outsourcing it to somebody else to handle. Mm. So that's kind of where that piece came in. I mean, I definitely, I can definitely see that. I think the the mindset work on yourself is more important because, you know, the imposter syndrome, but what we're describing is the imposter syndrome. Like, mm-hmm. Who am I? What am I? Why would someone trust me? I'm too young. I'm a woman. I'm this and I'm that. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have the, the millions to back me up and so forth. And so those things come in, but are those things are irrelevant. And mm-hmm. as I said, you know, I, I meet, you know, because when I first started off, I had a lot of lawyers and accountants come to me. Yeah. And I found accountants were the worst when they came to their money, even though they were brilliant geniuses yeah. when it came to their to the clients' monies. Mm-hmm. It's their own money that they weren't able to handle. And I found that in my own life that I, I you know, that I am able to make money and, I, and I'm able to help other people with investments. But now what I figured out is I need to find someone who can help me with my investments because I... Um, it's just because sometimes you have a blind spot yes. and you're not able to see the things that you need to see in the, in the, the way that you need to see it. I'm very, uh, because I make money so easily, I'm very, you know, very, um, very open to risk basically mm-hmm. and high risk and high rewards. So I lose a lot of money that way and not because I don't value money. I think money is my best friend. Yeah. I just need someone to rein me in yeah. and say, uh, no. <laughs> and so and I found that I because of it when I when I realized it's not because I'm not uh, it's not that I'm not good with money it's just I can have someone who can help me be better at money mm-hmm. and making money is not a problem but then I have to be able to manage it and and make sure it's secure in a safe way and get external help to do that it's like having, uh, I always encourage the doctors you know when you have your own um you can be the best doctor in the world but when you have issues on yourself you don't want to do your own self-assessment or self-surgery yeah. you go to other experts yes. and this is what we need to do we need to have somebody else come in and help us mm-hmm. who are specialists in the area yeah yeah when it comes to mindset i got that down but when it comes to investments and the i need external help because i'm not investing in the way that mm-hmm. i'm i to get the returns that i want my long-term yeah. results basically no and i agree i think having that that mindset that you're going to be able to make money easily. And I love working with, I I like working with self-employed people, entrepreneurs, because they're willing to take a risk. They took a risk period. Day one, 
when they decided that they were going to work for themselves. Yeah, entrepreneurs, are entrepreneurs are risk, entrepreneurs are risk takers. takers. They, they, yeah, they, yeah. And so I think that it's kind of like, and I'm not always trying to rain on the parade. I think I kind of can create things that are enough for them or they have enough of that wiggle room to go, okay, go ahead, do this. This is outside of the scope of what I'm doing for you. I'm, you know, and sometimes we do take more risk in their portfolio, which I think is totally fine, but it's kind of in a, in a more intentional way than everything all here. Even people I have that work in corporate that have a lot of options in their company and stock and, and things like that, they don't know what to do with it. And it's also like figuring out when to sell some of that and spread it around just to kind of even out the risk rather than it being in your employer or one company at a time. And it doesn't have to be in a million, you know, you could have a, have it a little bit more broad, but I think that the entrepreneur, the, the fact that they're comfortable thinking that money will come back to them if they let go of it makes them excellent investors once they figure mm -hmm. out what to do or they get it in the right hands and they just are consistent with that. Um, because that's almost easier than working with somebody who's just afraid all the time that it's never going to come back or they're never going to make more or this is all they have. And it's like a bathtub when you pull the drain and the money just comes out. Mm -hmm. We're entrepreneurs. It's like the water's like, it's like a, like a river. Like yeah. it's just flowing around. It'll come back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's the way to look at it. And, and I think that's where entrepreneurs are probably the best clients at times because yeah. they are willing to take the risks, especially in your profession anyway, yeah. as long as you can help them and sort of give them directions <laughs> in terms of where yeah. to keep the money as well. Well, on that note, uh, Misty, uh, let's wrap up. So um, tell us, Misty, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you on the Internet? Sure. So um, it's just my name, MistyLynch.com. Um, so you could find there, there's just, there's episodes of the podcast, you know, the book, some of the blogs I've written. And um, if you are in the United States, uh, soundviewfinancialadvisors.com is um, the firm that I work with. And so it's, um, yep, both ways, but you could get to all, either of those from uh, mistylynch.com. So that's the easiest way. And my book's just demystifying money on, uh, on Amazon. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And you. if you are listening to us on podcast, then we will have all the links that Mr. just mentioned in the show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, then down below in the description section, you'll have the links to Misty as well. Go check her out. She sounds amazing. She is amazing. And uh, subscribe to her podcast as well and listen to some advice on how to invest. But we have to have you back, Misty. We'll have you have to back, have to back on uh, Money Talkies. I think we need some more advice okay. from you on how to invest. But uh, for now, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. And thank you for listening to me and Misty today. I will be back with another Friday feature with another expert, another amazing individual, asking them how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Golkan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.golkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.